Hello everyone, welcome to episode 22 of the RLS podcast. Um, this podcast is coming from a slightly different direction um, and to be absolutely honest, it might not be of interest to everyone, but what I've basically found over the past couple of weeks is I've been getting like messages off um, personal trainers, off of coaches, off of people that are kind of just starting out in the industry, um, just looking for like just looking for a little bit of advice, just looking for a couple of tips and just asking me some questions. And look, um, I want to make this very, very clear from the get-go. This is not me trying to be some sort of like business mentor because I'm far from it. I never actually want to be anything like that. Um, It's not me trying to be on my high horse and say, look, I know it all because I am so early on in my journey. I've actually not even put my foot in the water yet. And I just think that if I'm speaking to myself two years ago, I know I need to hear something like this. Like, I know I need someone to just tell me it straight up. Um, Because, like, realistically, I started my job off in personal training um, and was half arson it and was kind of like, do I actually want to do this? Do I not want to do it? And was really kind of confused about how to start and, like, how how do you even build a personal training business and how do you how do you actually then take it to the next level and how do you make it like your career? Because I think a lot of people um, see it as almost like that's oh, just like a part-time gig and they're just like, oh, it's just a kind of just going to half-arse this and just make a little bit of money off of it. But I, I seriously think if you want to do this properly, you, you really need to go all in and you need to kind of, it almost has to be your passion. Like pretty much everyone that gets into the industry does it because they enjoy training themselves or because they've been through their own journey. And that's definitely why I got into the into the industry because I was, I was like I actually don't want to do like a normal job like a normal nine to five job. I know that might seem a bit like, um, what's the word like, contrary to what I actually call my program. But I didn't want to do like a nine to five job. Like I did all those jobs. Um, I did like I've been a gardener. I've worked in a pub. Uh, worked as a lifeguard and generally just didn't really like any of them and I was like this cannot I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those jobs by the way I'm just saying that I didn't want that to be what I did and that's why I pursued um, this job in the industry and look as I said two years ago I didn't even really know what I was doing at all and I needed someone to tell me like how the hell do you start this and hence why I hired a coach so this is not me I'm not lecturing people I'm not telling people what to do here I'm just essentially speaking to myself from two years ago. And that's how I've managed that. That's how I've shaped up this whole podcast. I'm just saying the things that I needed to hear two years ago. So if you are someone just starting out in the personal training world, or you're starting as an online coach, and you've only been in the industry, like say six months to to a couple of years, and you've just not really been able to take it to that next level yet, I, I hopefully this is this is helpful. So I also think this would be this could be quite interesting for people that are personally not personal trainers or people that are just like football coaches, people that are doing studying some sort of fitness related course at college or something like that. I think this would be a really cool um podcast for you to listen to. And even if you're not interested in any of that, um it will it will give you an insight into how um how this whole business works and like if you are like say for example a possible client this might kind of help you get an understanding for like how how I work and how kind of personal trainers work and like maybe what to look out for when you're looking for a personal trainer like are you looking for an online coach like what are the kind of um I mean everyone's different but you might be looking for some characteristics and look this is what I'm basically going to do so there's a couple of things I wish I knew when I was starting in the industry. And again, you might have heard this kind of 
statistic when it's like 90% of personal trainers or coaches quit within one to one to two years. And that's a hell of a lot. And I believe that if they were able to kind of access some of this information or access some of the stuff that I was able to access, um, when I kind of hired my coach, Joe, um, they would have they probably still would have been in the industry. And, um, but look, I've, I've learned off like a lot, like, again, I was in a, pretty lucky position when I, well, I wasn't lucky there's nothing lucky about COVID but COVID allowed me to kind of spend a little bit of time um, uninterrupted and allowed me to really kind of level up my business and really kind of just focus working on it and not have it I physically wasn't doing any one-to-one sessions so I was like right okay I've got so much time right now to work on my business and that's what I did pretty much every day for the majority of COVID after I got my degree and I've learned from like, honestly, sort of like some of the best people in the business. I'm not saying this is me kind of recycling a lot of stuff, like, and I'll, I'll reference people when I speak about them. But over the past two years, like I've been kind of like exposed to like Joe Parrish, who many of you have heard me go on about. Like, so Phil Graham, I've been to many of his kind of um, like online seminars through COVID and learned a lot off of that. Like the Muscle Mentors, um, Paul Standell, Cam, Callum Reistrick, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and even like a little bit closer to home. Um, like some of my uni lecturers, maybe not so the uni lecturers, but college lecturers, um, Chris Simpson um, and all the guys from Angus College have been like a massive, massive help to me as well. Um, and if it wasn't for Chris, I probably wouldn't have passed my dissertation because I, um, I did send it to him and he gave me a little bit of help. Um, shout out to Chris for that. Um, and even just like many other brilliant coaches that I've worked with, even in football, like so um, Daryl, Eddie that I've worked with before, I'm still currently working with. Um, it's not just all about like personal training. It's about like how to actually coach people as well. And even I'll give a shout out to Mass in Australia as well, um, as he's kind of just kind of give you give me a lesson on like how to be a nice person and how to actually communicate with guys and how to get the best out of guys without necessarily doing any like um, groundbreaking UEFA A license coaching. So like I've been able to learn from many many people in the industry and a lot of people that are very high up, um, and all these guys are very successful so like i'm not just this is not my own experience it is a little bit of my own experience i'm speaking from speaking still niche speaking um it's it's kind of coming from a lot of like really influential people um and i believe that you should you should honestly always learn from someone who's a step ahead of you like if you want to learn how to take the the best path in the industry why not learn from someone that's already taken that path and they can basically tell you what by the way there's a few fucking dangerous things along here that you might want to avoid. There's a few pitfalls that you might want to avoid. And I just think like, why try to do it all yourself when you can actually have someone almost say, okay, this is what's might happen here. This is what might happen there. Um, so yeah, it's a massive kind of benefit to, to you to actually want to have to do this. <clears throat> My first point was that like, again, you're going to call this, this kind of section, this little soundbite um, is ego is the enemy. Now, first place you want to go to actually figure out about your ego and really understand it is Ryan Holiday's book, uh, Ego is the Enemy. Um, and it's it essentially just allows you to basically kind of understand your thinking when it is your ego talking. And our ego talks a lot. It's very loud in some people and it's a little bit less loud than others. And you need to understand like when your ego's talking, when it's not. I'm not going to that, but I think I'll speak from my experience here whereby when I was just starting out in the industry, um, I was very much so like i've been to college for two years i've studied strength and conditioning at uni i was like i know it fucking all like i'm a strength and conditioning i've got a strength and conditioning degree so i must know all but i hadn't even honestly hadn't even 
or his shite in strength and conditioning yet. There was another 10 years to go before I was anywhere near being anything like any of the coaches that I know. And that was kind of my attitude to start off with. Um, I'm already a step ahead of some other coaches because I have this degree, but the degree means fuck all. Like I've literally probably I've forgotten half the stuff I learned at uni anyway. Um, asked me to do some sort of kind of, oh, I can't even remember the name of the thing on the computer. It shows how much I can know. Um, just imagine trying to do that kind of stuff again. Like it's, you've got to take a step back and realize that the fact that you think you know best is bullshit. And it's, it's essentially, it is your ego talking. And if you're not willing to listen to anyone else and you're not willing to take someone's point of view, even if you don't perhaps fully agree with it, you need to be able to learn from others and you need to be able to accept when perhaps you don't know best. So many times, like if I look back to my social media from two years ago and I'll do this again in two years, and I'll look back and I'll go, hmm, what I posted there probably, probably don't really agree with anymore. It's probably not right. Like the industry is forever evolving and research is being updated approaches to nutrition are being updated everything is always forever evolving you need to kind of stay with the times like this is why like you see old school bodybuilders like not just old school bodybuilders but old school coaches in general like coaching people the way that they used to coach people 20 years ago and the way that worked for them and trying to continue to do that and it just doesn't work anymore people are different and it's the same when you look at a like a football manager like old school football managers that try to try to coach football players of this day and age, it very rarely works because that's just not how people are anymore. So I think as a PT, you need to actually think, right, okay, I'm a PT. I don't need help with my training. Again, bullshit. You need help with your training. There's no doubt about it. You can always be getting better. Um, and it's not always about like you not knowing what to do with said exercise. It's about, you almost use this as an example. Like if your clients basically, if you, coach a client for four weeks and he goes, I have got everything I need. I know what to do in the gym now. And they leave majority of the time, do they then continue to get the results they were when they were working with you? Or do they kind of drop their standards? Do they maybe not turn up to sessions? Do they maybe not go in with the same intensity? Do they maybe not kind of just implement those same things that you were telling them to do? And the answer is usually no, they don't. They usually slack off a little bit and they usually start operating under what they were when they were with you. And you're the exact same as a personal trainer. And I'm the exact same as a personal trainer. Um, when the when the eyes are off of me and when I've not got that accountability through be it a check-in or a coach or someone just to kind of check in with me, standards drop. I don't train with the same intensity. I don't train with the same consistency. My eating kind of falls off a little bit. And that's not because I'm necessarily weak-minded. I just know I need that other kind of person in the background to just give me that little bit of a kick up the arse. So the main kind of takeaway from that would be is to, actually take a step back and think realistically I probably do need a little bit of help with my training here and again like your level three personal training qualification won't won't quite cut it like if you think you've passed the level three and you've and you've kind of got all the answers then it's it's honestly it's the same as I said it's the same with your university course like if you've got a degree even a master's degree um if you step out of that and think you've you've got you've got it all then it's the minute you kind of the minute you think you know it all, you know nothing. I can't remember who said that, but it was probably just me that said it. Um, and like you, you never really stop learning in this game. And it's just a case of iterating your um, your coaching book and perhaps even like specialising in something um, and just kind of really trying to take it to the next level.
apologies, a little bit of a breakup in the sound there. Um, but basically, moving on to the next step, and something I believe that's is really kind of important. Whereby when you're when you're when you're personal training and and when you're especially starting out is is being able to to walk the walk and talk the talk. And your own results prove you can get in shape. They prove you can be a walking talking version of what you offer. And I think realistically, like, again, going back to me when I first started, like, I wasn't in shape. I wasn't strong. I wasn't fit. I generally was kind of just, just almost taking the piss a little bit. Just, like, how can I possibly be preaching to get an incredible shape and to stay in shape? And how can I be preaching about health when, in general, I wasn't healthy and I wasn't fit and I was, my standards were so, so low. Now, this, this honestly doesn't mean that you need to be ripped or you need to be in like unbelievable condition. It doesn't mean that you need to be running marathons. But I think what's really important is like if you say you offer something, for example, for me, like I used to essentially say, like I want to be able to help guys um, stay in shape, stay lean year round, but also enjoy a beer and a social life. So if I can't then do that myself and I'm actually putting on loads of weight, I feel shit, I'm missing the gym, I'm going out every single weekend and I've got no sort of balance and I'm just, as I said, like I'm taking the piss. There's no way that I can be a living, walking version of my program. There's no way that I can tell people to do that if I actually can't do it myself because you literally can't coach something you can't do yourself. Um, So I think that's really important. It's especially important to kind of match that up with what you offer in your program again if you say for example coach shift workers if you kind of if you then still work shifts but again still can't eat well after you come off of night shift or you don't train again it's just match up what you do and what you offer um with with your program and it's I've even seen it before, like, again, I don't want to turn this into a kind of, like, I'm slagging people off because that's not what I'm doing. But I think I've I've even seen when personal trainers train people but don't train themselves. could be for one reason or another. Again, could be anything. But you've literally got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Um, And, again, people can see right through it. People can honestly see right through it. You see, when you're not actually kind of – when your standards aren't high, when you're feeling shit all the time, when you've got no energy, when you're just tired all the time, you're kind of just turning up to these personal training sessions or you're turning up to any sort of coaching coaching communication that you do with your clients, they can tell. I've seen me on a Monday morning, had a heavy weekend, really not feeling well, not feeling too great because of a hangover or something like that. And people people pick up on it and they go, ah, oh, you're not looking so great today or your, your energy is a little bit lower. I can, I can sense it in your voice. Now, I'm not saying like everyone's human, that's going to happen every now and again. But if you are constantly that, it's just not a good service to offer, I don't think. So the questions that I've had on Instagram the past couple of weeks off of a few people, um, and actually I, I feel like, a, what's the word? Like, um, I feel quite humbled by the fact that people would even ask me because, as I said, I honestly don't feel like I've done anything in the industry yet. Like, it's so early doors. Um, there's just, it's it's just I'm in the infancy of my of my career and in my business. So I'm actually very thankful that someone would feel the need to actually ask me for any advice. And it's not advice. I'm, as I said, I'm just talking about what I would have liked to hear, what I would have liked to have heard 
two years ago and how it gets started. First of all, I think with online coaching kind of popping its head up and becoming more and more prevalent, it's a dangerous game to step right into that without having any experience on the gym floor. I honestly think it's almost vital that you have experience on the gym floor because at the end of the day, you're coaching someone to do a exercise. You're going to be coaching people to do different different exercises. You're going to be coaching people on how to move their body. You're going to be coaching people on just general movement. If, if you've never had an experience of that in your life, then it, I find it quite hard to believe that you'll be able to coach people through an online platform. I know that people that do it, and I know people that have really made success out of it, but I truly think get on the gym floor in whatever way that may be, take a placement, go and shadow someone, um, go and just sit in on a coaching session with someone that you believe is really good. Just message someone and ask them to just stand in. Um, even if it's like a group setting, honestly, go and watch, go and shadow, go and get involved in something that you're coaching athletes or you're coaching just anything, taking a class. And it's not just for the the fact of being able to coach specific exercises. It's being able to actually communicate with people and it's being able to lead and it's being able to actually understand people's body language and understand when people um, are say for example enjoying an exercise or they're really finding it difficult because it's so hard to gauge even just through a video someone sends you a video more times than not it's usually a pretty bad angle and it's usually pretty pure quality there's not many people in the world that can coach perfectly through that so honestly train people to start off with you have to i believe for i can how long is a piece of string i don't know but i've been coaching people probably in person for about i don't know six six years or something through different aspects like through uni through football um and obviously personal training as well um but train people for free at the start as well that's what i would say it's like literally just ask your mates you want to do like do a personal training session or just go and train with them and just like be helping them out i think a lot of people start like that like they just kind of taking up take a kind of a really good um, interest in like form and how to do things right and then they'll coach their pals in the gym and then that's a lot of the time how it gets started do that do that for free <clears throat> just ask your friends if they want to go through a personal training session or just like family or something like that and just see how you go from there um i think now more so than ever starting an instagram page is going to be absolutely vital if you don't you're missing out on a, a massive portion of um, business i would honestly say 95% of my business comes from Instagram. Um, so you must start one. Even if it's just like a, a fitness page, like just say it's like you see all these pages all the time. It's like Daniel's Fitness, Scott's Fitness, something like that. And just be like kind of sharing kind of messages about sharing things about what you're doing with your own training and share your own journey, share your own transformation. I think that's absolutely vital. Like if people can see that you can get yourself in shape, that's a first step before you've got any like social proof. Um, if you're able to show people, okay, I can get in shape myself through these kind of methods, I could probably get you in shape as well. So it's a good way to start, I think. Facebook, yeah, probably start that as well. Like you'll probably get a different kind of um, demographic from there. I think it's a quite it's an older demographic on Facebook, but you will still get people see your stuff. Um, TikTok's a new one. I don't know. I've not delved into it um, very deep um, yet myself, but I know that there's a lot of successful people that kind of work through TikTok. Like they're just basically sharing free content and like having a link to their coaching through there. And TikTok gets a hell of a lot of views nowadays. So 
probably something to even think about if you want to if you're kind of creative and you like sharing kind of just things with nutrition and stuff like that's probably an idea um and just be like show up daily be at the forefront of everyone's mind this is the, one of the number one things that i kind of come across especially during lockdown because people a lot of people were on their phones a lot of people were looking for a distraction um if you can have your pus splattered all over everywhere just be annoying, honestly, be over Instagram, be on stories, be on Facebook, be on TikTok, just have your face everywhere that people cannot miss the message that you're trying to send. Um, that's one of the number one things because it doesn't matter if you think you're being annoying, doesn't matter if you think you're being a twat, doesn't matter if you think you probably are the only one that thinks you're a twat. I used to think this, I used to remember walking around during COVID, like filming myself on my phone and like I'd film it and I'd delete it, I'd film it, delete it, film it, delete it. I was like, you look like a dick, you sound like a dick and nobody cares about you. Um, but that that could be true. Like there might be a lot of people that don't care what they'll do. So just skip past your story and they will not give a shit. The people that are interested will sit and watch your whole story. And those are the people you're trying to sell to, not the people that think you like a dick or you think they or think you are a dick. And it's quite funny because you see this all the time. Like the people that might get a little bit triggered by you, they'll probably still watch your stuff. And the people that are a bit like, oh, he's really annoying. Like there's more than likely very few of them, if not any. It's funny because I've actually noticed that some of these people, I don't know these, I don't know people directly that are annoyed by me. I've never, never had anyone tell me that I'm a really annoying and they can't fucking stand me. I'm sure there's a few. I'd actually be annoyed that there wasn't a few. Um, you can imagine these people buying from you later down the line. Like I had a lot of people make like sarky comments and just like, why are you doing that? Oh, that'll never work. And pff, online coaching, what's that? A year down the line, they're like, fucking have a bit of that. And they're signing up with you. So it's really important to keep showing up and really not giving a shit what anyone thinks. And one of the number one things you can do is put your face on Instagram stories, speak about your journey, speak about what you offer, speak about what it is that you do, because otherwise people online struggle to build up that relationship with you. It's not necessarily the same as it used to be walking around the gym, speaking to people, asking, asking them if they need help. You can almost indirectly ask them for help now, ask them if they need any help through an Instagram story. This is what I do. This is who I help this is the message that I've got for you today. And people don't then feel so kind of like worried of, oh, fuck, I actually need to respond to this guy face to face. They're just like, all right, I can send him a message. Because people, again, are a little bit more introverted nowadays and they much more feel comfortable with sending you that message or reacting to your story. Um, so that's another good way to kind of, to get it going. And again, as I kind of spoke about, spoke about the, this, the social media game, and I kind of touched on that already. Instagram's obviously the main one. Facebook's pretty dry. People still use it. TikTok has a market, but you kind of need to be good at creating or adding some sort of value. Um, and again, relatability is a massive one as well. Like what I basically found one of the main turning points for me was when I started selling, not selling, selling's not the word, when I started kind of building my business and having a lot more success was um was relatability and it was stopping sharing like all these things oh this is my training and this is how you do a, a bicep curl and this is what you should be doing and you shouldn't be doing it was more like selling like not selling sharing a story about me this is what i did and this was kind of this is the problem i've had and just share stories like speak about stories with your clients speak about stories with yourself speak about your own struggles you had in the past again speak about yourself from two years ago or three years ago what were you struggling with what were your main issues what were your main challenges and how did you get through them and um, because i think people will then go oh that's me i can relate to that if he's been through that before and he knows how to fix that 
he can maybe help me. This is probably where I got all my original clients from was just being able to be relatable and be be yourself as well. Like just generally speak like you would if you were kicking about at the pub. Speak as if you were kind of just like having a few babies. Like be normal and don't try to be like a robot. Like I think I was pretty guilty of that. I probably still am sometimes just not really being myself and just like because I'm so worried about what people think I'll kind of just speak like monotone and not even look at the camera and people will kind of just again people see that people can understand body language so just be honestly just be yourself and it's funny because social media is a little bit different to the way that you would kind of contact a client in person or the way that you would speak to someone in the gym it's it's like a long game it's almost like you need to build trust up over over like a long period of time and I know a whole lot of, whole a lot of my clients have actually come on board after kind of like almost scouting me for like a year it's it's almost like this it's like it's, it's like you can see use it as the like the football analogy it's almost like scouting a player for for like a year so like say for example Arsenal want to sign um I don't know. Let's just use an example. Cal McGregor from Celtic, if anyone knows what that means by football. Um, They're not just going to straight up go and watch one game and then go, right, we'll have him. He's had one good game. They're not just going to go, that was one good goal. We're going to go and get him because it's a a chance. It's almost like taking a little bit of a risk. He might be able to help me. He might be able to score some goals. But at the same time, I'm not actually fully, fully sure of him. So this is why almost this sometimes happens with like really good clients, clients that are, are going to be careful, they almost scout you for like six months to a year and go, right, okay, he's had a good performance there, it's a good post there, it's a good story there, I really like what you're saying there, some good results there, and it takes them a little bit more time, and then eventually they sign up, sign for your club, a year down the line, you're not going to, I'm glad I didn't use the another other analogy that I had because it was really, really weird, um, I'm honestly glad I didn't use that, but this one's probably just as weird. So they need to build up trust with you and they need to understand that you are actually going to be the right person for him. But at the same point, some people will just spontaneously like go and message you and go, right, right, let's do it. With those people that you've not heard, you've not seen kind of message you before, they've not seen you like your stuff, it's good to get them on a call pretty quickly and speak to them pretty quickly because you need to almost, because a lot of the time that's a spontaneous decision and it's almost based off an impulse. And those kind of people can kind of change their mind very quickly. So it's good to get them on a call quickly and really tell them what you're all about. Um, because the other ones, the ones that have scouted you for a six months to a year, they already know what they're doing. They're already signed up. So I'll touch on this very quickly, and it's to niche or not to niche. Now, what that means is essentially, like, do you want to work with a specific kind of individual? Um, when I started off, I didn't really know. I just wanted to work gen pop. Like I worked with anyone. I worked from worked with a four year old all the way up to like a seventy seven year old. Um, it was very mixed, a very mixed bag, and it served me so well. Like I think being able to work with loads of different individuals is one of the best things you can do because you can understand how different people work. You can understand how, um, like how teenagers develop in the gym. You can understand how, um, uh, women going through the menopause might or perimenopause might, um, might work or how to work with older people. And it gives you a real kind of, um, it's just a learning process and it allows you to really understand how to work with loads of individuals. And then it also helps you understand who do you not want to work with? Like, who do you not think you can get results with? There might be a good chance if you're a good coach, you can get results with anyone. But I know for a fact, when I first started, there was a lot of people I couldn't get results with, not good results anyway, because I couldn't relate. 
I didn't really understand how they worked. Um, I couldn't understand their troubles, their difficulties, what were the main things that were holding them back in their life. It wasn't just as simple as telling them to do 10, 10 squats. Like people are different and they work differently. It's, everyone's very complex. So one thing that I've been able to do over the past two years is actually kind of refine my niche. It's by no means a singular, a singular person of 18 to 25 years old and dubbed to be male. It's still very wide open, but what you'll find is you can almost do this by accident. You almost start getting people in the door that are quite similar to you. And they had similar challenges to you when you were going through your first fitness journey. And um, for me, it's, it's majority of the time it's guys from around about my age, anywhere up to like 35. Because I think they can relate to what I'm saying and they understand the things that I'm putting over on social media. And if you can understand their journey, understand their troubles, a lot of the times you'll be, you'll start speaking to them about, what it is that you offer and what it is you can do for them. And they'll be like, you already know what's wrong with me without even knowing anything about me. And I think those are the people that you can really, really get good results with. Not to say you can't get results with 70-year-old women if you're a 25-year-old male. It's still possible. But you've then got to understand, if I want to work with a specific group of individuals, I really need to understand very well. If you're going to work with women of the ages of 40 to 60 years old and you're a male you best understand the the menstrual cycle you best understand the menopause you best understand the thoughts and the feelings that are going on in their mind because if you don't it's going to make it very confusing same kind of same thing applies if you're going to work with like youth athletes you better understand how they develop you better understand um their kind of mindset and the way that you communicate with them or else it's going to be difficult and then when you've kind of decided which direction you want to go down, you don't necessarily need to go, okay, niche, I'm only working with these individuals, but you can start to almost funnel it down. So let's funnel it over a one to three year period until you get to the point whereby you're actually now able to select and kind of not almost not interview, but almost select the people that you want to bring into your business. And um, otherwise it can just be like a, a zoo and there'll be people from all different aspects of life and, it can be a little bit confusing. And then when you're trying to produce a bit of content, you're like, right, who am I actually speaking to here? Am I speaking to 70-year-old women? Am I speaking to 12-year-old guys? Am I, what am I, who am I speaking to? Because, and then who can relate? Maybe nobody can relate. So it's not about being relatable. It's not about being wide open and taking on everyone. I believe eventually it's good to niche and it's good to kind of funnel in the people that you want to work with because you can get better results and you'll enjoy your work even better. Um, so yeah, that would be my opinion on that. Um, and getting almost to the end here, and your your reputation goes everywhere. So this is such a simple one, but I really kind of wish I did it better in the first kind of year or so of my of my career. I was very quiet. I was very, what are people going to think of me? And I actually struggled to actually go out my way to make myself known, especially when I worked in my first gym. And it was like things like even just like, smiling at people, saying hello, going having a conversation with people, um, just going that extra mile. And you'd be surprised how much just generally just smiling at someone, having a conversation with them as they come into the gym. Or if you message someone on social media and you've never spoken to them before, go and drop them a message. Just be, say something nice. Just react to their story or just generally um, ask them how they're doing. And it makes such a difference to their day and it makes such a difference to people. And they'll go, oh, I had a good experience with him before. He said hello. And you'll be surprised how much that has a knock-on effect further down the line. I mean, remember what I was speaking about with scouting the player. Um, it's something that's really beneficial. It's just 
leave a good taste in people's mouth. Not literally, don't do anything weird. Um, it's just give everyone that comes across you a good experience. Don't be a miserable bastard like I possibly was when I started and just look like, I want to go home. I hate this. Like, I just, I want to go and have a beer. Like, just leave people with a good experience. And something that I believe is really important as well is like, if you give someone like a bad experience within your coaching and say something you shouldn't or don't give them the service they deserve, or don't give them value for money, like, don't get me wrong, some clients will not work and they'll, it'll not work for them because of them and they'll hold it against you. That's fine. Um, if you really don't like working with that client, just thank them for what they've done and move on. Try to make it as good an experience as possible. But people will be very quick to badmouth other people. Now, I'd like to think there's not been many bad words said about me and I've not heard anyone say anything. Um, so I'd like to keep it, keep it that way. But I know for an absolute fact that people are very quick to slag people off. Just general, gen, everyone in the world are very quick to slag other people off. And you will hear about someone having a bad experience very, very quickly. Um, so that word spreads pretty rapidly. And it's just a case of, I'm not, again, not telling people how to coach or how to operate, but it's just trying to leave a good experience for every single person, even if you didn't necessarily like that person or even if you didn't necessarily enjoy working with that person, um, try to make it as good an experience as possible because your rep goes absolutely everywhere, especially when you live in a small town like Farfoot. Um, it will, it, and it works in a positive way as well. If you leave people with a good experience, then your reputation will boom and people, he's great, he's sound, he's a nice person to work with, he got great results with me, he went above and beyond. Um, and those are some of the main things you really need to think about. Um, and I think kind of moving on to the last point would be you actually get to do something that you love. Like if you love training and you love helping people and I know it's obviously a cliche, but if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I've felt that the past two years, like I could generally sit here on this laptop from six in the morning till nine at night if nobody told me to come off or I didn't have some standard set around about working times. I would sit here all day long, WhatsApping people, making stuff on my laptop, programming workouts. I just do not get bored of it. It's it's, it's almost my worst my worst enemy sometimes because I will sit here, I could sit here all day long. Um, luckily, I can obviously leave, work out and walk and stuff like that. But it is such an enjoyable job. You get to a point where you're working with the right people and you kind of have your standards set and you've kind of got your business up to a position whereby it's, it's like comfortable um, it's such an and it's an enjoyable thing to do anyway and like you'll have shit days like everyone else like you you're never just going to go like three years in a row with not having a bad day like shit happens um but it's it's almost having that gratitude that you get to do something that you love and you genuinely get to have an impact on people every single day a positive impact hopefully um and again not to slag off like my old jobs but like i kind of drive past one of the places that i used to work before and it's like a it's a place that I didn't want to work in. It wasn't an enjoyable um, environment to work in. There's nothing wrong with that, but um, it does, it allows me to have that gratitude as to why I'm doing this job right now. And again, working at Amazon before, like um, it's easy to slag them off because they're a big corporation. Jeff Bezos doesn't come to my door and um, headbutt me, but it was probably, a sh it was a really shit place to work. Really didn't like it. Night shift for like 12 hours. I think back to that and I'm like, I never complain anymore about doing this job and I barely ever complained about it because of the fact that I'm like, right, you've stepped from that into this. You get to help people every single day. You don't just punt packages um, onto a conveyor belt. 
I'm not saying that that doesn't make people happy. I'm pretty sure it makes some people happy. Um, but it's just having that gratitude. And if you do something that you love, you will very rarely feel like you're working. Um, and obviously, as I said, the, your your business, it almost has no rules because you you own it. You don't have a manager telling you, right, okay, this is when you start. This is when you, this is when you like clock out. This is when you've got your break. This is when you've got your... Um, your peace time and this is when you get to go and have a cup of tea it's all set by you so that can be again your your own worst enemy but it can also be really empowering as well that you get control over all of that that's what i love and um, but i think something that's really important is obviously setting standards and rules like almost set a, a work time almost set like a schedule a planner as to when you got to do stuff and when's time to stop because it can get pretty out of control like i've seen me as i said like sitting for 12 hours in a day and looking up and going like right okay i've actually still got to go to the gym and i've got ten thousand steps to do because i just forgot and i just got in the zone so last little point that i wanted to make was some of the best investments that i've made in my business now some of these are just really really simple um but they're they're definitely recommended i wouldn't recommend getting them all at the same time as you might be a little bit out of pocket but um actually getting a good laptop changed the game for me. I used to work on a Google Chrome. Everything took 9,000 years. Um, I almost volleyed it out the window about nine times. Um, managed to invest in a proper laptop, um, like a good laptop, a powerful laptop, which just streamlined everything. It's a shame my Wi-Fi is run by a little dwarf hamster on a wheel. Um, if that was better, then we'd be absolutely flying. I'd be a millionaire, but um, no, nah, in all seriousness, Another one would be, like, this is quite controversial, I suppose, but I was actually going to put a poll on Instagram about this. Now, no, I'm not giving anyone shit that has a Samsung or anything like that, but please tell me that when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see something filmed by a Samsung, be it a post or a story, you just skip it, don't you? Like, I'm pretty sure everyone just skips things that are done by Samsungs because the quality is so shocking. It just doesn't look good on Instagram. Is it just because we're so used to iPhone and seeing that? Does it that make it then look shocking? But I'm I'm honestly sure that if you're a business owner online or a personal trainer, please get an iPhone because people, I swear, skip past Samsungs. I'm going to put a poll up on Instagram tonight just to figure this out for sure because I'm almost guaranteed of it. Um, High Performance Planner by Brendan Bouchard or something. Bouchard? Something like that. I'm not going to try and pronounce French, um, even if it's not French. Um, the High Performance Planner is really good, especially if you are a personal trainer or a online coach, because um, it's got loads of kind of, you can almost, eat, it's like a planner and a journal at the same time, asks you these like questions every single day about like, what is it you need to achieve, what are you grateful for, these kind of questions. It's, it's really, really useful, even if I forgot to use it for the past week. A tripod for filming yourself in the gym. Um, setting your phone up on a bottle is all fine and well, but get a tripod. Nobody cares if you kick about the gym with a tripod, honestly, and if they do, then whack them across the head with it. Um, the high-performance coach at Joe Parrish, shout out, um, best thing I ever did. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone's heard me speak about that before. Um, if you are struggling with exercise execution and you really want to get really sharp on how to coach certain exercises, especially from a bodybuilding aspect the muscle mentors um run a an online kind of program which runs i think it's around about 50 quid a month and um, you could probably be on there for a good six months or something like that to get through all the all the content but strongly recommend it if you really f- struggle with 
biomechanics and how exercises work and generally just how to coach. Um, True Coach for workout programming. If you've got over 20 clients, get on True Coach. Trainerize is another one. I'm not sure how good it is. My PT Hub, please don't use it. Shocking. Um, apologies if you do, but it's just really not good um, in my opinion. Um, True Coach is really good. You could probably do, say for example, you're doing PDF workouts. You're going to be 10 times as long as you would be on True Coach and you get little exercise demos on there and you can kind of input a lot of other material um, Best one of the best investments I've ever made um, if you want to send automated um, emails MailChimp's a really good one um, again I'll shout out Kev Lawrence, um, Kev Lawrence Design on Instagram, he was able to automate a lot of stuff within my business um, I'll also shout out Jay Lam who designed my website um, Another again, again a website and a landing page would be really good um, if you want to use, can you hear my voice speeding up? I need to get this done in the next two minutes. Um, if you want to get a landing page, you can almost go Linktree or you can go Beacons. I've actually just started on Beacons page, which is it's like Linktree, but it looks nicer. And you can, there's a lot more editing that you can do. And it also allows you to basically, if you've got like a podcast or you've got like a Twitter, it also allows you to basically kind of like have that show up. Um, alongside, say, for example, like a, a form that you need people to fi- uh, fill out, an inquiry form, things like that. Um, but yeah, to finish off, my best advice to every single one of you would be to learn from someone that's a step ahead, hire a coach, a mentor, whatever that may be, um, swallow your ego because you're going to be able to honestly level up whatever, whatever it is you do, your business, your personal training, coaching, by just taking a step back and realizing someone could actually help me do better here. Because if you think you've got all the answers right now, the, the simple answer is you probably don't. Um, you might be fine. You might be operating at a decent level. But if you want the standards to go up even higher, there's certain things that you can do. And I've kind of mentioned a few of them today. So hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of a, a kick up the arse if you are just starting off. Um, and honestly recommend like, you might think at the start, oh, I'll just figure a bit of this out for myself, but the start's the best time to do it. You could honestly change your trajectory um, so rapidly. Like I truly believe that if I hadn't hired the coach and I hadn't invested a little bit in my business in terms of courses and uh, mentorships and like like books and stuff like that as well, or actually getting a better laptop, like it's a, possibly a big chunk of money to take away at the start, but think about the long game think about where you could possibly be in three to five years in comparison to if you didn't do this because i know right now if i hadn't done that at the start of covid i would still be maybe scraping 20 clients together um on the gym floor and i would be nowhere near where i was today so if anyone's got any questions or they want to recommend um or they want me to recommend anyone or they want me to recommend any sort of um, help, then please let me know. But this will be the one and only time I ever do anything like this um, directed at like personal trainers only coaches rather than my own kind of clients and my own demographic. Um, but I thought it was valuable and I thought people possibly needed to hear it rather than not hearing it, if that makes sense. Um, but I don't want it to sound like I'm coming from a, a like a, coming from my perch and going oh you should be doing this and you should be doing that that's not good enough it's definitely not like that I've got a long way to go um, and I appreciate it if you did sit and listen through all of that um, really appreciate it but um, yeah I'll catch you in a bit PS share if you can please